Hey everybody, we are back once again. It's Under the Dome Radio, episode number 57. It's reaction cast time for Alaska. Hold on tight, because here we go. It's so good to have you back again for another episode of Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. We've got our reaction cast going on right now. Me, I'm at Wayne Henderson, and I'm here for the good of the goop. I mean, the good of the group. Oh, man. I don't even know how to respond to that right now. <laughs> uh, here, let me just uh, give you some there. <laughs> oh, now my screen is all... oh. Thank goodness it's not a touch screen laptop. I'd be in big trouble. Oh, good evening, everybody. Well, Alaska is in the bag. And I have to say, we did get some answers this evening for the first time this season, I do believe. Are we sure, Troy? Well, we do know that they talked about these meteors that were going to be falling all around the world and that there was one in Alaska. And so mm-hmm. I think that the concept of Acteon Energy actually coming to play and actually holding true on what their word is has been pretty decent so far. And I really like the fact that they're talking about actually using the egg for good as a power source, almost like a fusion reactor, you know, get rid of coal power, get rid of nuclear power and all of that jazz that Frank Whaley was talking about as, you know, the mad scientist of Acteon. Um, <laughs> He's pretty mad. Yeah. You know, I, I love his character. It's something that I thought we were going to see Eric LaSalle be more of the kind of, evil person from Acteon. And I really think that it's really great to see Acteon inside of the dome because we almost have like two storylines going this season. And I can say that the things that are going on with Julia, big Jim and Acteon on bird Island are actually a lot more interesting than the things that are actually going on inside of town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Care to expand on that at all? How are you feeling about the town versus the bird Island crew? I'm waiting for the whole rest of the town to go up in flames. But, you know, good old Pete, he's been a carpenter a long time, so we can we can trust in Pete. <clears throat> well, can we trust in Pete? I guess that's our big question. So who was actually playing who in this episode? Did Pete cut him? Did Christine cut him? Did Christine have Junior cut him? I mean, that is a really big open question right now. Who actually saw those beams? Listener feedback. Let us know your thoughts. Under the dome radio dot com slash feedback. Let your voice be heard because uh, it could be anybody, but I'm going with ultimately Christine's responsible in one way or another. So, well, yeah, that's true. No matter what happened, Christine forced somebody to do it by rubbing some goop on their face and making sure that it wasn't on the ladder. So they didn't kill themselves after they climbed down from sawing off those logs. Wow. That scene was just so gross. Oh, you know, they're, um, you know, there's two things that, uh, I wanted to mention tonight that are similar, but slightly different. Okay. That I thought were interesting things that people said. And the fact that they were both in this same episode is either a very grave oversight or it's a clue. You know, first off we have Nori in that one scene near the beginning. She says, you know, it's a free country. I can do what I want. And I'm thinking how free of a country is it? If you're trapped inside a dome with a dangerous alien cougar going around, messing everybody up. What kind of freedom is that? This is and true. then near the end of the episode, Julia says that she wants to put Chester's Mill back to the way it was. 
just a quaint, quiet little town trapped under a dome. Or back to the way it was, a quaint, quiet town of gamblers, uh, fight club members, and uh, drug ring cartels that were trafficking meth or some kind of other drug you know, throughout the rest of the main countryside. There was that whole thing, but remember, we cannot talk about Fight Club. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. It just but, seems uh, so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, whichever way you go, putting back Chester's Mill to one of those other versions is not much of an improvement, except for there's no crazy, goopy, alien cougar woman going around. So other than that, things are still pretty crazy. So this video that Acteon shows from the scientists that all <laughs> oh kind of goodness. were like lemmings jumping off the roof. Alaskan lemmings. They, 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 they yeah, I don't know. So I, th- I guess my other question for tonight is going to be, is the goop controlling them or is it really Christine controlling them? Because there was that scene where they were in the caves and you have Junior and Christine looking into the purple mirror vortex she said, we are now one. We are the same. It only looked like there was one reflection. So is this a single entity that's living in everybody because there was only one reflection? Or was it just the camera angle didn't get Junior in the shot for the reflection? I only saw the one reflection myself. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I have no clue. Every time they go into those caves, I know they're going into the caves because I see darkness and somebody carrying a flashlight. So I know it's another week of going into the caves. Well, we definitely they need- spent a lot of money on that set. So we got to make sure we use it every week. Well, and I hope that they go with flashlights all the time now because someone forgot to pay the electric bill down there. Those purple yes. lights are going out and that's not a good thing. Apparently they can only hold a charge for so long. And did you notice that our Under the Dome Radio podcast logo does contain a lot of purple. It absolutely does. I wonder if that was planned intentionally. Or I'm very worried. Are you really Wayne Henderson? I'm not, but I'm not Big Bird. <laughs> I'm not even Big Bird Cage Jim Rennie. Oh, man. That poor guy. Oh, my goodness. I almost thought Fight Club was coming back. Cage match. Here we go. <laughs> I got a little bit nervous when they were threatening the dog because if they would have shown them killing the dog, Andy, I guess is his name. I was going to go off. I'm still going to stick with bud. (laughs) It was easier to say. I was like, handy, Henry, Andy, what is it? D Norris? Tell us. At first I thought he said Mindy or Mandy. And then they said it was a boy, but anything's possible these days. But so many people were calling him bud the first couple of weeks of the season that I, I just assumed that was his name. Well, I found it funny how you mentioned, I believe it was on our episode 56 at underthedomeradio.com slash 56 about Whistler's mother. And that obviously was a play to sneakers. And then here we have Big Jim hiding in the woods with his binoculars, kind of like they were in the movie Sneakers, with the dog sitting literally right next to him. <laughs> Almost like he had his own x-ray vision or binoculars clued into what was going on. It was a great I- scene. Yeah, yes. I've got to tell you that the way they showed the dog also sitting there next to Big Jim on patrol, I started to believe some of these rumors that maybe the dog is Jim's late wife reincarnate or some crazy thing because that just that didn't seem quite right, but uh, it really got the wheels spinning. And I've got a big theory that uh, since this is just initial reactions on the reaction cast, I'm going to save this big theory, but I've got it tomorrow night. And it's in the show notes. I've, I've 
started to think about something. It does have a few holes in it, but then again, what storyline on Under the Dome does not have a lot of holes in it? So I'm going to fling out my theory anyway tomorrow night on the full discussion episode. Well, apparently, even though we have a dome around town, there is a way in and a way out. So even the dome has holes. (laughs) You just have to go through the cage. Exactly. I was actually kind of disappointed that in the final sequence there when he's like, well, you need to have the experiment and you need to have the control that we didn't actually see Christine in the cage as he turned around. I was half waiting for her to be on the other side in a different cage, but in the same room. Hmm. I was expecting to actually call me gullible after watching so many episodes. I was actually expecting to see some sort of portal or long walkway like you have Chicago underneath your airport, something like that. I was expecting something, not just a trick on Big Jim in a cage. Oh, man. This episode, I I mean, I actually think I enjoyed it. I'm going to see what happens on the second watch uh, tomorrow morning uh, because (laughs) there's just some stuff in this that I thought was actually pretty decent tonight, I have to admit. Like when Big Jim, Julia, and the dog Andy near the beginning and they were walking to go find that camera so they could get incriminating evidence against that woman, that thing. <laughs> thing. Yeah, and what was great about that, too, is that it that actually was an answer, right? Is the dog real? Can anyone else see the dog besides Big Jim? And Julia's like, whose mud is that anyway? <laughs> and the dog was nowhere to be seen last week. And now this week, the dog is there. Andy is there as if he was never gone. Well, you got to remember that when you want to call your dog, all you need is some kibbles and bits. And man, they were serving it up in town for sure. Have some goop. Oh, my goodness. That that was just disturbing. Very disturbing. But, you know, I I don't know. So I guess the big question there is, are they mixing oxytocin with the cattle feed to make the goop? That's probably highly flammable. (laughs) And it all goes back to, you know, what they kind of teased at the beginning of the season that, you know, the death count is going to rise. And, you know, so far it's mostly for red shirts. Right. But I think now we're going to have massive food poisoning, maybe a cholera outbreak or something, because we're living in close quarters without any, you know, indoor plumbing. (laughs) Things are going to be bad when you eat that goop. That's for sure. And flammable tents and bad construction. Yeah. It's going to cause a lot more red shirts in town to die. Let me ask you this question. Why the pressure from Christine? to get everybody moved in tonight into the dorms. What is it about them having to be in close proximity to each other? Do they, is the aura of their presence what gives off everything so that they need to stay connected? Like if they get separated too far, will the effects of the, I guess they said amniotic fluid, I think is what she said that was running out. Is, does that affect wear off the farther away you get from the collective? yes do you hear the words coming out of my mouth collective i was gonna tell you two things that was one of them do you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth uh and number two on a practical thing i have a feeling that christine wants everybody close together in close quarters so more of them can be killed all at once oh you think that maybe this is actually not a convert them to an army but a wipe them out to get them out of the way It could be both in that they're all going to be given the opportunity to join the army or whatever's going on. And if they decline, then they're all close together and easily, easily kill off a bunch of them at one time. Okay. So then we have Ava. She's staring up into the sky, waiting for Barbie to show up, but there's no moon this time. 
So is it a new moon or is it just you could stare up at anything in space, I guess, and the moon really wasn't all that important? Two words. Budget cuts. <laughs> now, I I was looking oh for God. the moon as well. It's got to be the new moon. We lost the set piece. Oh, my gosh. It fell out of the sky. <laughs> That's funny. Budget cuts. I have no clue. But I she flip-flops so many times that I've kind of lost track. Is she on board with Christine? Is she against Christine? Is she with Barbie? Is she against Barbie? Is she pregnant? What's growing inside of her? Was she pregnant all along? And part of this goes to my big theory on well, a full react, full discussion episode. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if this entity, this presence is transferred through the amniotic fluid and the oxytocin and it's changing them and they are one person, if there really was one reflection, then there is something growing inside of her. I, I think the one thing that I really like this season is there's a lot of double talk and you could take almost anything four different ways, not just two. And and that seems like they've actually upped the writing a little bit this season from last year because there is so much, you know, underlying meanings that you could take from it, which you can then use to expand and chat about on a podcast, for example. Exactly. And the one thing that along those lines that really jumped out is I think tonight we heard the phrase, the group, at least eight or nine times. And if I heard it one more time, I was going to lose my mind because they, Christine and others kept talking about the group, the group, we're getting the group back together and the goop and the group. And they, I think it means something. Well, if you think about it, it, and then you're talking about the group think, right? It's another psychology type term. And, you know, do we all, it goes back to big Jim, right? We're all in this together. You know, we do it. We're all one team, you know? And I think that he actually believed that at one point that now it's actually coming to fruition and just not the way that big Jim ever intended it to be. So it'll be very curious on how that's actually going to play out as we have the sides drawn. If you got to see the glimpse of the rest of the season montage trailer, whatever you want to call it. There's some pretty interesting stuff lined up for the rest of the season. And it makes you wonder what will things be like if big Jim goes back to just being a used car salesman? It definitely will not be the same. That's for sure. I did have to call out. Did you catch uh, when Christine was giving her captain's log start eight, four, seven, nine, eight, eight. Hey, if we uh, lose more crystals, we are going to run out of air because the dome will calcify and we will suffocate. Hmm. I did not catch that. Um, I admit to my eyes rolling back into my head at about that spot in the episode. However, with that being said, if that comes to pass, I would like that because it would be more like the dome in the book where you can't just burn down random houses and do all these things because the air quality is going to get worse and worse in a hurry. And we remember from the book what happened, especially in the final act. So, in, in, and that's an interesting concept about this calcification because I, I go back to the black dome, white dome from the end of season one. And is that what happened? Was there something going on that the energy source was being drained because when the mini dome collapsed and the egg was exposed, that's what caused maybe this white stuff, the calcification of the dome, even though it became magnetized instead of, you know, unporous. Yeah. I I think they have to tie that back in somehow that, that black and white transformation of the dome itself. Yeah, because that was a major, major happening in the life of the dome. I, I agree, Troy. They got to explain that somehow. 
And then if you tie back into other book things that came up, did you notice that in the Alaska video, there was a Geiger counter? We've seen that before in the book as they were trying to find the source of the dome. True that, as the kids say. So, I mean, that's why I'm thinking this this episode is actually probably going to rank a little bit higher for me because there's a couple book nods. We still have Crazy Junior. Uh, we have Nori with great one-liners. I mean, come on, really? Muon? Muon? Ooh, tying it back to the cow. That was pretty awesome. I heard that she's able to kill a pig. I heard that. And if Christine comes with half that pig bribing to you, make sure you run away really fast. <laughs> yes, because she's not using no St. Louis barbecue rub on that pig. Well, it's it, something goopy and flammable. No doubt. So we'll leave you with this gruesome image. Oh, no. Now, we've talked about the beatdown that happened in the Sweetbriar Rose back in season one and how kind of graphic and the fact that this show was originally supposed to be on Showtime. And regardless of whatever jokes that I was making on Twitter tonight regarding barbecue, because the guy that you know was fighting with Barbie was actually on The Walking Dead during the uh, season five premiere with the Terminus. So Walking Dead fans will be able to pick up on that joke right away. Um, the fact that he pissed up, he hit it. He, what, number one, what is up with beating on the women this season? That's what I want to know. And number two, then you have him hit Ava, which basically sends Barbie into probably the bigger rage than we saw last week. Is his rage fueled by the oxytocin? Or is this really the Barbie that we never saw because he was a fixer prior to the dome coming down? Is that baseball hit? Man, wind up and home run. I think it's definitely tied to the whole Christine and oxytocin or whatever is going on on the moon that we may or may not be able to see. Because if they keep Barbie this dark and this violent, he might not be quite the most popular character on the show anymore. Well, let me ask you this question. As a fan of the book, would you like to see that twist? Would you like to see Barbie be the evil one and Big Jim be the hero? Yes and no. I would like to see Big Jim be the hero. I think that would be fun. Because he did say it was going to be different than the book, right? <laughs> or at least that's what we were told so <laughs> three years ago. There's many things different from the book, but yet the ending in the book that Stephen King said a lot of people didn't like, they're now kind of veering into that direction. So ooh, I don't know. Especially if you saw the previews for the rest of the season. It was some some wicked stuff. We'll save that for the spoiler section on our full reaction cast. That'll be coming out later this weekend. Again, we want to make sure that you all get in touch with us. So you can do that a couple of ways. Plus one, nine, zero, four, four, six, nine, seven, four, six, nine. Or as Wayne mentioned, under the dome radio.com slash feedback. That has all the ways you can get in touch with us here at Dome Central, where we love talking with all the Millers. And we even have a new Clam of the week. So if you've been playing along on Clamor, you got a new episode out. Make sure you mix some stuff up. Use stuff from this podcast. Use stuff from the show that aired tonight. And you might even be able to sneak in a clam and top the one that we have already planned out. But the one we've planned out already is actually pretty funny. Yes, it is. I previewed that this afternoon as well. I thought this is very nice. Very nice. Thank you in advance. And you'll be hearing that on the full discussion feedback episode of Under the Dome Radio. Well, with that, we will say goodnight for now. Again, if you want to follow us at UTD Radio Podcast, you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Under the Dome there. 
And of course, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube videos and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever you can find it, there we will be. Until our full episode, I am at Troy Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson. I say Oxy, you say Tosin, as we stay trapped under the dome. Under the dome, radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy. Theorize over great television shows and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.